Hey, what's up, podcast? This is Matt Chalava, and you're listening to the Road to Freedom pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Chalava. And it's Mother's Day. It's It's been a really, really good holiday, honestly. Um, I, I kind of like uh, holidays that are on Sundays that aren't really like the big holidays just because it's kind of a good day to relax a little bit, get together with family, um, enjoy time together and you know celebrate different things that are important to us like our mothers so um i've just had a really really great day so far it's been uh, really really good there's just been a lot that um i've been able to be thankful for uh my mom especially i mean she's helped me a tremendous amount in my life and i think a lot of us can say that for our moms or somebody in our life who's acted as that mother figure whether it be a grandma or an aunt or something um there's just there's usually that one person that uh, kind of acts as a, a mother for us and for me my mom has just always been able to uh, do anything that I ask of her so I'm just super thankful for that and super blessed to have uh, a mom that cares about me so much but uh, I woke up today and had uh, went for a run you know did a little bit of stuff on Instagram went to church and uh, zoom church not real church but um and then I uh, I got ready for the day and I got a bunch of notifications on my phone and it was a bunch of tech like text from FedEx so I signed myself up for FedEx uh, text notifications whenever things are getting shipped to my house which is nice so FedEx knows that if I buy something in my name and my address goes through their system they know which phone number it is and they will um, alert me when things are coming to my house and so my phone went off kind of like a machine gun and I looked down and it said I had 22 packages being delivered today from FedEx so um, if my garage wasn't already crowded enough with just different things I'm reselling uh, the poor FedEx people actually were showing up to our house and I, I woke up today and I heard my dad on the phone and they were like I heard him saying well yeah yeah no yeah that's correct and I walked out I said what's going on and he's like well FedEx just called and said that they are delivering 22 packages of the same item to our house um, and they wanted to confirm that that was true and I'm like yeah th- that's true and they're they weren't light either they were heavy items I mean they each weighed about 40 pounds a, a package so when the poor girl showed up today who had to deliver them I felt so bad for her because she had to hand load them on the truck herself this morning and there she I can't imagine she was happy about it I mean she was probably thinking who is this idiot that ordered 24 of these things but um, regardless, that was interesting. Um, it, it was good because I have a pretty large family, and uh, on my dad's side, he was one of ten, so I have a ton of uncles and aunts and cousins that uh, I'm very close with because a lot of them have stayed very local to where uh, they all grew up. And then I have a lot of family on my mom's side just because a lot of us have gotten a little bit older. Um, I am not married yet, but a lot of the the kids on her side are older like on like her uh her sister's kids like my cousins and stuff are older so they have their own children now and stuff so it's a pretty pretty good time whenever we all get together but they were there uh, for mother's day and we all kind of me and one of my cousins and then my dad went down to unload some of the stuff from the fedex truck and help the poor woman and we unloaded everything and, and got it all put in the garage and I was very thankful for her uh, you know putting up with me for for that short amount of time and unloading all those packages but um, they were all asking me you know what do you do what is all this stuff what what's going on down here why do you have 
you know, your whole garage just filled with what looks like random objects, you know, what do you do? And so it was an awesome opportunity for me to kind of be able to uh, clue them in and talk to them a little bit about what I do, um, which was really interesting for me because not a lot of people know that I resell. Um, I don't tell a lot of people about it because for me, if I'm talking to people and they're not looking to hear about it, it just comes off as bragging. You know, hey, I made, you know, $100 on this projector I bought at a garage sale for 50 bucks. A lot of people don't really care. And it's interesting to me because, you know, that's something that I immediately think is really, really cool. So to me or to you or anybody that actively looks for content on reselling or on making money, those sorts of things are very, very interesting to us. And a lot of people don't see it that way. I was talking to my sister and she said, hey, like, you know, I, I get that you like reselling, but would you please shut up about it already? There's just, it's not something I'm interested in. And so it kind of struck me as, it kind of opened my eyes a little bit to realize that not everybody likes reselling the way I do, likes reselling the way that you do. And so for me, you know, that was eye opening for me. And it was one of those things that kind of showed me that, you know, maybe it's not something that everybody is super passionate about like myself. So uh, I was really happy though, because they were asking me a lot of questions. They were asking me, you know, how do you buy stuff? How do you know what's going on? How do you know uh, what items to look for and stuff? And it was just really cool to be able to talk to them a little bit. They were all really, really uh, kind of impressed, I guess, that it was a thing. And they were kind of super happy for me, which I was really pumped about. You know, there's not really outside of people that you know in the reselling community and stuff sometimes it, it's kind of a lonely world out there when you're just doing it on your own and stuff and occasionally i get help from family and stuff like that if i'm packaging something up but a lot of times it's you on your own in a, a walmart or a target or a thrift store and sometimes if you're not somebody who likes to be on their own you know it, it can get kind of lonely so it was kind of cool to be able to talk to them uh show them what i do and that kind of a thing and it was just really really awesome to kind of introduce what I do to people um, who had never heard of it before. So that was fun. Um, I was really happy about that. And then we just had a bunch of good food and stuff. It was a really good time. So through that, um, I have been thinking a little bit about what I wanted to talk about today. And there are different things that, you know, a lot of different topics that I've been coming across in the reselling world that people don't really know um, where to go with. And so one of the things that's really, really difficult for people starting out is trying to figure out how to deal with people on platforms like eBay and Amazon. You know, it's very, very difficult sometimes when you are a new seller, you don't really know how to react to, you know, a claim that somebody makes or a, um, you know, a request that a buyer has. And so it's, it's one of those things I think I need to touch on because a lot of people don't know how to react to it. And I see a lot of questions on Instagram, a lot of questions in the group that I'm in, you know, this buyer requested this, what do I do? This buyer did this, what do I do? So I'm just going to break down a couple things that are, are pretty basic little pieces of information that I think everybody should have going into eBay and going into Amazon, um, going into a Mercari kind of full, like doing that as more of just than a hobby. You know, if you want to do this and you actually want to build a business out of it, here's just a couple things that I've been working on and that I've heard a lot of bigger resellers talk about that have kind of stuck with me and helped me tremendously in my business. So that's really what I want to talk about today and kind of clue you in on that. <clears throat> Sorry, let me get a quick drink for a moment. But so what I was talking about is 
there are a lot of different things that you come across in reselling that you would have never expected to. Um, buyers can be a huge pain sometimes. Um, you can come across different things where you break items in shipment, um, just different things like that. And so one of the things that I realized soon into this is that I want to operate my business in a way that more successful businesses than me have operated and found to be successful for them. And that just makes sense. You know, starting out, you are not a, you are not as well, um, chances are you aren't Gary Vee. You know, chances are you are not somebody who just gets business right off the bat. It is a huge learning experience for you. And not that Gary always got it. I mean, he put in a tremendous amount of work as a kid, uh, learning just how customers relate to, how customers act and stuff like that. But he has a mind for that kind of thing. And a lot of people don't. And a lot of people need to cultivate those skills. And so for me, one of the things I always watch people do that were bigger than me, like Reezy or like, um, you know, watch me Amazon or, or those kinds of people, um, they always tended to what the customer wanted over everything. And that's huge because I don't think a lot of people really understand what that means. You know, if you have a buyer and they are not happy, um, you kind of got to think about this in a longer term perspective than what you, than the current sale. I mean, there are often times where things go wrong and the buyer is not happy with a sale or has a ridiculous request. And I see people all the time asking, this buyer requested that they return this item on eBay. This buyer requested they return this item on Amazon. What do I do? Well, if you're returning, if you're getting a return on Amazon, you have to take the return. I mean, you can choose to deny it, but you risk getting a bad feedback on Amazon. You risk the buyer trying to return it for a different reason. Um, you don't mess around with Amazon. If the buyer wants something, Amazon treats the buyer as the as the customer as the highest priority in any transaction, above themselves even, because Amazon knows that if the customer is happy, they will come back and they will spend more money on their platform. And if you are playing in Amazon's sandbox, you have to do what they would have you do, which is tend to the buyer over everything else. And it sucks oftentimes because we make sales that go for a lot of money and we get really pumped up and then the buyer chooses to return it. But ultimately, if it's on Amazon, you have to take that return. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I mean, there's different things you can do. If it was merchant fulfilled, you can charge a restocking fee. A lot of people don't know that, but there are such things as restocking fees and you can look that up in Amazon's terms of service, but I think I think it's up to like 50% for items that have been used that were shipped out as new. So, um, and it depends on the item category sometimes, but you can uh, charge a certain percentage for restocking and it is within Amazon's terms of service to do that. So I, I would encourage you to look into that if you're looking into doing Amazon and getting a lot of returns and stuff like that. That may be something you could do if you're merchant fulfilling items. Now, if you're doing FBA, you can't. I don't think you can charge that restocking fee. You can check though. You may be able to. I may have been getting my, my things mixed up. It may be for items that are sold by merchants that are third-party sellers like yourself. So just look into that. Look into that restocking fee. It may be something that could benefit you. But you have to take the return on Amazon. They're not going to let you just uh, kind of scam the buyer out. Um, you know, the buyer always wins out, and so that's how it goes. On eBay, you have a little bit more leeway, but I would still encourage you to tend to the buyers once almost all the time because the last thing you want to do is get a negative feedback. Now, feedback is a widely debated topic when it comes to reselling on eBay because nobody really knows if it matters or not. 
I personally think that it does. A lot of people do think that it does. Uh, people like Pure Hustle Podcast, who are really, really big in the reselling community, they tend to think the feedback is essential. You know, having a high feedback, having 100% feedback, uh, like 100% satisfaction on your feedback is big. And I didn't really think it meant anything. Um, but over the course of, I think, January or February, I got a negative feedback on my eBay. And it was a time where I was selling a lot of these uh, Fortnite cards that were out that um, you could get free at different stores like Walmart or Target. Um, but you could pick them up there for free and they were selling on eBay for 20 to 30 bucks. And I had like several, I probably had like 200 of them. So I was making good money. But what people were doing is they were saying that the, the cards, the codes on the card that when you would ship them the card didn't work. And a lot of them were trying to scam you. And so when I started to get these messages, I just disregarded it. Well, what I didn't know is that the people at uh, Epic Games that made the cards had no idea what they were doing and actually double made some of the codes on the cards because I tested it myself. I scratched off a couple and then would type in the codes from a brand new card and realized that it would return this code has already been used. So either the code was invalid or it was a code on a card that had already been double printed and somebody else used it. So for me, I was like, well, that's not good. And then I slowly started to realize that all the buyers that had been telling me they had gotten cards that said they'd already been used were actually telling the truth. So um, I would gotten a negative feedback or two from that and I worked with the buyer. I, it was a huge process. Um, I ended up having eBay remove one of the negative feedbacks because the buyer had said, hey, um, you know, you fixed my problem. You, you even corrected it for me. I'm so thankful for that. Um, but they didn't change the feedback. And so eBay saw that in my messages. They said, hey, we see that you have a buyer that's pleased. Um, we're gonna correct that feedback for you. So through all that though, when I had my final negative feedback taken away and got back to 100%, within five minutes I made a sale. And it was one of those things where I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, that could be coincidence, but I mean, what are, the, what are the odds that within a few minutes of me having a negative feedback removed, I make a sale? And so that's kind of the reason I do believe that feedback plays into how many people see your item. I mean, think about it. If you're eBay, if you're Amazon, you want to reward your buyer, your sellers, who are selling and having very good customer relations. You don't want your sellers that are doing terribly with the feedback score and ticking a lot of customers off. You don't want them being at the top of the page. You want the, the, the sellers who are reliable, the top rated sellers, the people that, that go out of their way to make the customer happy. You want to be in a, uh, a good spot with your customers. You want your customers to be satisfied. And the best way to do that is by providing them good service. And the best way to provide good service for these platforms is by getting their most reliable sellers to be at the top of the list. So people log in, they search for an item, you pop up first because you're a reliable seller. So all that to say, you don't want to get yourself in a position where you have a negative feedback. You don't want to get yourself in a position where you're upsetting buyers because eBay tends to side with the buyer. They are more reasonable with sellers than Amazon because they need the sellers. <laughs> eBay is not like Amazon where Amazon could be self-sufficient without the actual third-party sellers. They have their own products. They have their own um, different things like merch. They have their own grocery. They have their own pharmaceuticals that they're getting into eBay is not like that. eBay is a platform built and and basically maintained um, from the ground level by the sellers. And 
that's not all the coding and stuff that makes the website. I'm just saying without the sellers on eBay, there is no eBay. So they realize they need to keep sellers on their platform. And so it's a, it's a delicate balance and a tightrope that they walk. And I think they do a really, really good job of it. But you just got to realize that the customer is still more important. I mean, one bad seller is going to deter a customer for life, possibly. And that customer can make eBay a lot of money. And that seller may just be a one-time seller. So most of the time, eBay is going to side with the customer. That being said, you need to make sure that you cover yourself and that kind of a thing. You need to make sure you're doing the right kind of things to keep the buyer happy. And so if they request to make a return, I would say ten, nine and a half times out of ten, you have to accept the return. If it's something completely ludicrous, like I found a better price, you don't have to accept the return if you don't have returns on. But if it's something like this showed up damaged, I don't like this because you lied about the size of this item, you lied about that there was in a hole here and there is, you have to do what the buyer wants you to do. You have to tend to your customers the way that they ask because that's what eBay, that's what Amazon wants you to do. And it's just good if you're thinking about it in a long-term perspective, if you're not just trying to get in and make a quick thousand dollars, if you want to be able to grow a business, you want to be able to make something out of this, you need to look at it long-term. And that's one of the things that helps me a lot. Losing $200 on a transaction for me sucks. When I shipped a bunch of things to the wrong house, uh, when I first started making this podcast, I was not happy in the least. I was I was really upset about it. I was going to lose, I stood to lose about 100 to $150 on the transaction. But it was one of those things that I realized the negative feedback from the buyer, the, the upset customer was not worth going through having a negative feedback and potentially losing sales down the road because in a year or, or even in a couple months, that $100 isn't going to mean anything to me. And so it may mean something to you now, but if you're only selling, you know, five and ten dollar items if you lose a couple ten dollar items it's not the end of the world you need to make sure that your buyers are happy because they could ruin your business they could cause ebay to uh you know suspend you for good and so those are things that you need to pay attention to and i would be very very cautious to try to not cater to the buyer so those are just something that i i want to stress that you need to do now if you have buyers causing you problems you know, be be thoughtful about it. If they say that something is broken, ask them for pictures. If they say they want a refund uh, because this is missing or there's a hole here, ask them for pictures of that. You know, be diligent. Don't just give them a refund for no reason. But if it's a stupid item like like the the stuffed teddy bear that I sold a guy that was uh, 12 inches long instead of 16 inches long, you know, I paid a quarter for the thing. I'll just give him the money back. I don't care about it anymore. I'll move on and not have to deal with it. So that's just something I would encourage you with. I would encourage you to look at how you're treating your customers, how you're treating your buyers, and look at it from a long-term perspective. Chances are you're in this for the long haul. You didn't come looking for a reselling podcast to hopefully make you know $100 one time. You're looking to do this at scale, at more of a long-term thing. And when you look to do something long-term, you have to go into it with a long-term mindset or it's very difficult to be successful in that sort of a situation. So I just wanted to encourage you to, um, you know, that's kind of how you react to buyers that make requests like returns and stuff on eBay and Amazon. Amazon, you definitely have to cater to them. eBay's a little more lenient, but like I said, most of the time, do what the buyer asks because you're kind of at the the mercy of the platform if you don't do what the buyer asks. So um, that's just something I wanted to leave you with. I mean, it's not to discourage you from selling. It's just to encourage you that if you feel like you may be getting the the short end of the stick, that's kind of how business goes sometimes. And 
if you look at it, you know, compare what you make to what you lose, you're going to be making a lot more than you lose anyways. So it's just good to treat your buyers and your your customers as, as well as possible to make sure that they're happy. You want to convert the upset buyers, the upset customers into happy customers slash return buyers, you know. If they bought from you once and and they didn't like the item or you sent them something broken, but you were, you know, very diligent in dealing with them or, or staying in touch with them, or let's say something returns, something is to them late, or maybe you sold a pre-order and it's not at your house yet, you know, keeping them in the loop, being very diligent about that can oftentimes return lead them to be a return customer and you can get people to come back to your store. Um, eBay, it's not as much like that. Amazon, a little bit more. But at the same time, you can get people that return to your store to uh, buy from you more frequently. So, you know, you want to convert customers into return people that come back to you time after time to keep buying from you. That's how you can actually make more of a business for yourself than you had. So, I'll let you go with that. Um, that's just something that's been on my mind. I hear a lot of resellers talk about how they treat their customers, and a lot of them really, really do their best to make the customer happy. And I believe that's why a lot of them grow uh, the way that they do to where they're making hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars per year um, doing that kind of volume in sales just because they they can. I mean, they they have good customers, they have loyal customers, and they treat them well. So um, I just encourage you to you know try and build your business the right way. Try and build it in a way that makes people happy to do business with you and try and leave your customer happier. Um, than they ever thought they would be with the purchase. So I'll leave you with that. Um, I'm going to go. I'm at the end of my drive for the day, but um, I will let you guys get back to enjoying some time with family, uh, you know, enjoying some time with your mom if you were able to go visit her. Um, just, you know, just be thankful for everything because I'm super grateful for the opportunity I've been giving to have a reselling business. And, uh, and kind of today really showed me that what I'm able to do with it is something that's kind of unique and, and something incredible that I'm really excited to keep pursuing. So uh, I will talk to you guys tomorrow. You guys have a good rest of your day. Uh, take some time, spend some time with family, and just kind of enjoy the day. Uh, but I will, I will get back with you tomorrow with another podcast. You guys have a good one. Peace.